Hello, everybody. <clears throat> I am Naya Swami Maria, and this is Naya Swami Ananta. We're both glad to be here with you for this service today. And we especially welcome those of you who are here as guests to the Expanding Light or Meditation Retreat, and as well those of you viewing online. Today I'll be reading from Rays of the One Light, and these are parallel passages from the Bible and the Gita with commentary uh, by Swami Kriyananda. This week is entitled The Infinite Christ. Truth is one and eternal. Realize oneness with it in your deathless self within. The following commentary is based on the teachings of Paramhansa Yogananda. The Gospel of St. John contains some of the most profound spiritual teachings in the Bible. In the first chapter, many subtle truths are suggested concerning higher states of self-realization. Here, John the Baptist is described as one reaching up toward that high state. He was not that light, the Gospel tells us, but was sent to bear witness to that, of that light. Jesus Christ, by contrast, is described as the light itself. That was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. One essential truth stands out in his teaching, that Jesus came not to dogmatize people with a new teaching, but to bring them timeless, universal truths. Disciples saw the Master clothed in human form and therefore judged him in terms of his greatness relative to the greatness of other teachers. Wisdom, however, sees Master's very greatness in terms, sees the Master's greatness very greatness in terms of a cosmic unity. There is a passage in the path by Swami Kriyananda in which this point is emphasized. The master, Paramhansa Yogananda, explained, the saint who attains that exalted consciousness never says, I am God, for he sees it was the vast ocean that became his little wave of ego. The wave, in other words, would not claim when referring to the little self to be the ocean. At this juncture, Davy, who was present, cried excitedly, But sir, if you are one with that ocean, that means you are God. Why I, Master asked, say he, he is God. But still, sir, you are one with him, and he is the only reality. That means you too are God. But this body isn't God. You aren't identified with your body, sir, so one may still say that you are God. Well, 
In that case, why do you say you? You too are that. In a discussion of this sort, it is less confusing if we say he. But what's the difference? The scriptures say, Master began, it's only your humility, sir, Davy broke in, that makes you distinguish between yourself and him. How can there be humility when there is no consciousness of ego? Triumphantly, Davy cried. But if you have no ego left, that means you are God. Master laughingly continued the earlier statement, which Davy had interrupted. The scriptures say, he who knows Brahma becomes Brahma. There, cried Davy, you said it yourself. Master rejoined, still laughingly, I didn't say it. It's the scriptures that say so. Master, in other words, would not identify those words with the human body, speaking them. It was in this overarching spirit that he saw himself one with the infinite. But Davy was unable to make this mental leap from a pure expression of infinity to infinity itself. You quoted the scriptures, sir, he reminded Master relentlessly. That means you agree with them. <laughs> Recognizing that the distinction was perhaps too subtle for many to grasp, Master concluded, Well, he who says he is God isn't God. And he, and he added with a smile, who, He who says he isn't, isn't. And there the subject rested amid general laughter. The greater of spiritual teaching, the more greatly we betray it by particularizing it with dogmas. Truth itself, not the Christian truth or the Hindu truth, incarnates on earth with the birth of a fully liberated master. As the Bhagavad Gita teaches in the fourth chapter, unborn, changeless, Lord of creation and controller of my cosmic nature, though I am. Yet entering nature, I am dressed in the cosmic garment of my own maya, delusion. O Bharata, whenever virtue declines and vice predominates, I incarnate on earth. Taking visible form, I come to destroy evil and reestablish virtue. Thus, through Holy Scripture, God has spoken to mankind. Oh, oh, oh.
I would also like to welcome you all um, to the Sunday service and those online also. Um, I would like to read, well first I'd like to clarify something. In this reading, times have changed and we now have it as Davy. That wasn't Davy Novak that was arguing with Master. I just <laughs> want to clear my little sister's good name here. Uh, it was a Indian male disciple named Davy. So, uh, okay, we got that straight. <laughs> I'd like to read from Whispers from Eternity. Paramahansa Yogananda wrote the Rock Me in the Cradle of All Space. Rocked in the cradle of the blue colored past, bright colored present, and dim gray colored future, I, thy child of eternity, am restless. I strained ineffectually the feet of my power. At last, I succeeded in jumping out from duality's cradle of delusion. Thou hast caught me in thy infinite arms to rock me in all space. I am thy babe of eternity, safe now in the cradle of thy omnipresent bosom. This topic of the infinite Christ is um, a stretch. <laughs> it's uh, Swami Kriyananda used to describe the difficulty he had as a young disciple. As you may remember, he read the autobiography of a yogi and immediately went to Master and said, I want to be your disciple. And Master said, wonderful, you know that story, and then join us in the ashram. And so Paramahansa Yogananda lived with Swami Kriyananda. And Swami Kriyananda knew from the autobiography that Master had samadhi, had a cosmic infinite consciousness, had been sent by Babaji personally to America, was a direct disciple of Gyan Avatar, Sri Teshwar, and yet he was a man. And it was hard for the young 22-year-old Swami Kriyananda to put these two together. How do, how do masters act? I mean, I faced the same dilemma when I started on the spiritual path. I didn't know what would they be like at home. I mean, what do you, what do, you do with these great spiritual teachers? What do you do with Paramahansa Yogananda? What would he be like? Would he, would he ever speak? Would, you know, I, I didn't know. Kriyananda didn't know. What would, he, what would he say? And how would he act? And would he drive in a car? Would he meditate all day? Would he, what would happen? And Kriyananda being incredibly perceptive and incredibly philosophical was always trying to put these two together. This is, this is the master. This is this consciousness. This is the infinite Christ in a human body. And yet, he's asking us to uh, fill the holes at the Mount Washington driveway, to check the oil, to, is dinner ready? You know, it's just, it was hard for him. But we need, and St. John addresses this in a, you know, a lofty way, that this light comes down in the avatars and has form and lives among us so that we see how to live if we want to become like them. And Yogananda was very natural. Um, 
in his life, and Kriyananda was very natural. He acted like a normal person, but a person who was focused always on the light. And so we strive to integrate these two uh, dimensions of the avatars. There's a wonderful story from India. When Krishna was a little boy, we call him Gopala, and he was a little boy, and so his mother was Yashoda. And one day, her little son took a little piece of mud and put it in his mouth. Isn't that typical? Don't all kids put little pieces of mouth? And so mom went over, and oh, honey, and she goes, and she opened his mouth to take the mud out, and she looked in the mouth of Krishna, and she saw all the planets of the solar system, and she saw the Milky Way. She saw all the planets spinning in the mouth of this little baby. What was she to do with that? So she closed the mouth. <laughs> Go along, honey. It's, it's okay. <laughs> what else do you do? What do you do when you realize that the infinite has become a human being? And as St. John wrote, the world knew him not. The world couldn't recognize this. And the world couldn't recognize in totality what Yogananda was. They got glimpses of it. He was a great man. They honored him. They gave him awards and all those sorts of things. But only the disciples, only those in tune, could feel the consciousness of infinity that radiates from the guru, that radiates from the master. And we are truth seekers and disciples here and on the internet. I always wonder if someone's just like penning through the internet and suddenly there's this talk about Paramahansa, you know, Yogananda, and Babashi. And it's like, anyway, you're on board. <laughs> it's okay, run along, honey. <laughs> but the, the reality of it is, is that consciousness is there and it's beckoning us. And we are a part of that and we remember that consciousness. And it's there. And that's why we're drawn to spiritual teachings because we are part of the infinite Christ. We say that in the festival over and over. You are a part of all that is. Well, all that is, is the infinite Christ. It embodies everything. You are a part of the infinite Christ. And that's something that we need to foster, is that attunement to that reality and to listen to that and to concentrate on it. Because if we don't concentrate on it, the world will obliterate that attunement. We'll forget. We won't remember that reality of the infinite Christ. If we concentrate on it, if we concentrate on the light, we'll feel it, we'll see it, and it'll be fine. There's a wonderful story that I was told many, many, many years ago. I'm going to share it with you today. But there was a disciple of Paramahansa Yogananda, and he was in Michigan. And this was in the 1920s, 1930s. And one day, he was a businessman. He got up, and he had a feeling that he should go to Detroit. It wasn't too far. But he didn't know why he had to go to Detroit. So he got on the train, and he went to Detroit. But he was kind of pondering, what am I doing here? So he got out at the train station, and he, there was a taxi there. And he told the taxi to take him to this hotel. But he didn't know why he said that hotel. And he was sort of scratching his head, but he was going to the hotel. He got to the hotel, 
And he went in the lobby of the hotel. And he got in the elevator and he pushed the button for the third floor. And as he's going up the elevator, he's going, Why, who do I know on the third? What am I doing? What, what's going on? He, he got out of the elevator, got on the floor, went down about three doors, knocked on the door. And as soon as he knocked on the door, the door swung wide open. And there was Paramahansa Yogananda. And he said, I knew you'd come. I knew you'd come. <laughs> that call is there. But the disciple has to tune in. Master and the disciple had a satsang. They had a little chat for the morning. But we're, we can hear that call of the infinity. We know it. But it's not reinforced by the world. The world is maybe aware of it, but it really, you know, Maya consciously tries to knock it out of us, prevent us from seeing it. We, as disciples, we as members of the Ananda Sangha and of all true Sanghas, are seeking to feel that light, to see that light, and to realize its infinity. If it's infinite, it's omnipresent. If it's infinite, it's always with us. If it's infinite, it's to be felt and realized within ourselves. And this was the discussion that Devi and Paramahansa Yogananda and the monks were having, is this infant is there, and masters embody it. But we need to tune into that and feel it, and we need to realize it. How do we do that? We need to meditate. And when we meditate, we shut the eyes, we drop the body, we relax completely, we focus our awareness on the infinite Christ. Within the body, it's at the point between the eyebrows. And we go into that light. We use the techniques that were given by our guru. In our case, that's Kriya. And the first technique of meditation that Master gave us is Hong Saw. I am He. As Master said, in discussions of this sort, it's more easy if we, use, we say He. <laughs> okay, I am He. I am Spirit. And we feel that consciousness. We see it, hopefully, or eventually, as a light at the point between the eyebrows. We feel the vibration of peace. And we begin to realize that everything is animated by that light. All color is animated by that light. These pictures of the master, these beautiful flowers, the beautiful clothes that you're wearing, the sunshine, this planet, all nature is animated by the infinite light of Christ. We need to trace back the reality of God's presence to its source. All love is a manifestation of divine love. All peace is a manifestation of divine peace. All joy is a manifestation of divine joy. We need to, as truth seekers, practice that and live in that. And then that infinite consciousness becomes not so foreign. It's still bewildering. I'd like to read you a very brief passage from the autobiography. I would like to call as my first witness Swami Sri Teshwar Giri. He's a jnana avatar. Sri Teshwar says, Babaji's spiritual state is beyond human comprehension. Sri Teshwar explained to Master, the dwarfed vision of men cannot pierce his transcendental star. 
one attempts in vain even to picture the avatar's attainment. It is inconceivable. So we're not going to be able to think our way out of this, are we? <laughs> it's too much. But it's not too much if it's a part of you. What if that infinite Christ consciousness is who you really are? What if it's the source of that drive to go and seek the truth? What if it's the power that gives you intelligence and wisdom and willpower and strength and courage and perseverance? What if all of that is not of your own making, but of the divine making of the infinite Christ and that you are a conduit and that you are playing a part like Shri Teshwar, like Master. Master was playing the part of the Avatar, the missionary to America, bringing East and West together. Kriyananda was playing the part of the young student and then the prolific writer and the founder of the communities. But it wasn't really him. It wasn't really J. Donna Walters. It was the power of the infinite. Swami Kriyananda, towards the end of his life, said, I don't know where Kriyananda ends and Yogananda begins. Because the veil of separation between them, and as Master said, between the Guru and God, is too thin. It doesn't really exist. The infinite Christ is the power of everything. I'll tell you a story about Swami Kriyananda that happened at Master's birthday in the year, uh, probably 1995. Swami Kriyananda agreed to give the Master's, Paramahansa Yogananda's birthday celebration in Sacramento that year. We and I were in Sacramento as the uh, colony leaders. And uh, so we rented a big hall and we invited everyone in town. <laughs> and and uh, everyone in town came. <laughs> About 350 people came. I guess a good number of you were there too. We rented a hall at Mather formerly Mather Air Force Base, but we had a big hall and it was set up and decked out and had flowers and it looked beautiful. Swami Kriyananda agreed to give a talk on Paramahansa Yogananda. So we brought Swami Kriyananda over and you know, about 10, 15 minutes before the program, he said, Ananta, I'd like to meditate. And so I, there was a little room there on the, up on the stage, it was a big auditorium. So Swamiji sat down to meditate. So I, being the host with Maria of this uh, get-together, I went out and greeted our, our guests, because guests had come that had never been to Ananda and stuff. And I talked to them all, and I found, you know, I knew almost all the people, but I, there was a few people I didn't know, and I noted that they were um, a different group, and they were, they were coming to check out Kriyananda. Because this was, a new, in a sense, a neutral venue. So I didn't say anything to Swamiji, but I went up, and it was time, and the choir sang, and Trimurti directed the choir, and they sang beautifully, and Swami gave just an amazing talk about life with Paramahansa Yogananda. So at the end of the evening, we were taking Swami home to the community, and Swami got in the car, with just uh, Maria and I, and maybe Trimurti and Lalita, just a few people. And Swami said, how did I do? <laughs> we said, Swamiji, it was just beautiful. You could just feel Master's presence. He said, oh, I 
there was uh, a few people there that were coming, and they were uh, skeptical of our teachings. There was about five of them. There were. There were five of them. <laughs> he said, they, 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 didn't, they were coming to check me out. They didn't really know if I was, you know, the real, you know, if I was real about this, but, but I, I won them over quickly. They came around very quickly. He, he read this from a group of 350 people. He never went down and talked to any of them because immediately after the thing, he went home. That's the infinite Christ consciousness, bringing all things to your memory, as it says in the Bible. The consciousness that is accessible as we move and merge with the divine, as we feel ourselves as part of the divine. How do we do that? Okay, it's about five weeks since Christmas. How much Christmas is still with you? How much infinite Christ consciousness? How have you done in the first five weeks? Lots and lots of the three wise men and Mary with the baby Jesus and the star. Or has the world started its nibbling little <laughs> oozing up into the consciousness? Have you forgotten about the three kings? Have you forgotten about Christ? If so, dig in again. Start over. How's your New Year's resolution doing? <laughs> you start again. If you didn't do so good the first month, okay, it's the 1st of February on Thursday. Let's start over. Dig in again. We just continue to dig in. Dig into the infinite Christ consciousness. Dig into Krishna consciousness. Dig into that reality. It's always here. It's never far away. It doesn't fade with time. It's here. Touch it. Grab hold of it. And make it your reality. And habituate yourself every morning, every evening, Leave the world behind. Leave the world of duality and spatial temporal argument that is the world we live in. Don't forget, it was the same for Krishna. Kamsa wanted to kill all the children of Devaki. You know, Herod wanted to kill all of the babies in Israel. It's this, always the same story, but they didn't go there. They didn't stay there. Because that's not going to bring you to the infinite Christ. The infinite Christ comes with the awareness of Krishna and Christ and the Buddha and the great masters and saints of all religions. So go there. Habituate yourself to that so that you lose the difference between you and Yogananda. You become the guru. Your consciousness extends in all direction, in all space. Before Abraham was, I am. Christ was 30 years old when he said that. He knew when Abraham lived. That wasn't where he was. He was beyond time and space. Live beyond time and space. Live in the infinite Christ consciousness. Live in meditation. I am the sky, mother. I am the sky. I am the vast blue ocean of sky. When you look at the sky, and today we can see the sky, look at the vastness. Look at the sun. Look at all the trees and plants and birds and all the forms of life all around you and feel that that life is what's in your veins. That's what's pumping through you is divine consciousness, divine life. Live in that and breathe that. And the other part of the equation is see it in your brothers and sisters because they're all the infinite Christ too. Even that really argumentative coworker of yours Christ consciousness. 
Don't hold them any more than you hold yourself. Hold them to their beauty, to their harmony, to their divine love. Don't hold them to their temporary identification with anger or bad attitude. Drop it and go to that higher place. Sometimes you need to do that silently. It may not work at other times. But you have to see, just as a nurse or a doctor has to see the patient well, even while they're dealing with the illness, you still look past that to the reality of the soul. Nothing can burn it. The wind cannot blow it. Disease cannot kill it. Fire cannot burn it. Live in that reality. Live in the infinite Christ. Practice all the time. And make it an exercise. When you don't feel the infinite Christ, try to figure out how the infinite Christ is manifesting. It's infinite. It must be there. How can he do that? In what way is this music? In what way is that song? In what way is this person? In what way is that tree, dog, cat, elephant, whatever it is, whatever you work with on a daily basis. See that infinite Christ consciousness and feel it and live in that. That's what Master wants us to do. That's what Swami wants us to do. That's why he wrote the songs. That's why he created the community so that we could have a place where we work together and we deal with the same problems that everyone else does, but we try to deal with them from the point of view of the infinite Christ consciousness manifesting love, harmony, and bringing all beings to realization. Have a wonderful week.